Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your favorite electrician, Doug, here. Welcome back to the Modern Electrician Podcast. It's 2022. We're back in the house. Hope you guys had an excellent holiday season uh, and got a little bit of time to relax, spend time with the people who mean the most to you, because uh, that's what this is really all about. Uh, I know I did. We had a great little break, um, and we're back at it. Uh, having a conversation today about leadership. Um, I'm really excited to share this conversation with you guys. Uh, I have been following... Jared from Quick Connect Electrical Services on Instagram for a while now. Um, we touched base uh, back and forth from time to time, and he reached out and asked if I had had a, a conversation about leadership on the podcast. I said no, uh, and I'd love to. So uh, reached out to Jared today, got to sit down and chat with him um, and a guy named David, who is uh, his right-hand man, and talk about what they do over there in Marble Falls, Texas, just outside of Austin. And uh, we talked about leadership. Um, you know, it's a really important conversation. We, uh, we mentioned in this episode a book by Jocko Willink uh, called uh, Extreme Ownership. Um, we've both read it, and that was a book that um, Jared and I kind of connected on when we first started talking. And it's a book about, you know, an extreme kind of leadership where, um, you know, it's your, it's your team above all else and you are... Um, you know, you saddle yourself with the the main responsibility of everything because that's the reality of it. And I think good leadership comes from there, from an ability uh, or or a want a wantingness to care for your guys, for your people. Um, got a couple quotes here from uh, Google. There's a I searched uh, Forbes had like a hundred greatest quotes on leadership, and there are a few good ones in here. And I really like this quote on leadership. Uh, this comes from Max Dupree. He says. The first responsibility of a leader is to define reality. The last is to say thank you. In between, the leader is a servant. And I think that really sums it up because, I mean, he says the first responsibility of a leader is to define reality. And that's what you're really doing, right? I mean, if you're starting a business, you're defining reality. You're creating the culture itself. So all of the rules that define that reality come from your mind. They come from the decisions that you make, right? So your first responsibility as a leader is to define what that reality is. And then he says, your last responsibility is to say thank you. And so in between, you're just a servant. And that makes perfect sense. I mean, here you are as a leader, uh, get, you're really getting a ball in motion. And then, you know, at the end of all that, you should be saying thank you to those who participated. And in the meantime, you're just busy keeping up with the ball that you've put in motion. Um, and I like that because it kind of simplifies the way that we kind of think about leadership. Um, you know, it doesn't exalt anybody or put anybody on a, a throne or pedestal. You're just like everybody else. You just happen to be in the position of responsibility. But that's hard. You know, leadership's challenging. You're not always going to make the best decision. You're going to make mistakes. You're not always going to knock it out of the park. Your guys are going to, you know, team might question uh, your decisions. It's, you know, it's a complicated matter. Uh, so I wanted to sit down with, uh, with Jared and David today and just have a conversation about leadership. Where, where do they draw their inspiration for leadership? What books are they reading? Um, who inspired them in their lives? Uh, what has their path been? And you'll find Jared's got a really interesting path. Uh, he's been in uh, the electrical trade for over 20 years. Um, uh, he's a master electrician. Uh, he's a mentor and he's a real cool guy They're, They seem like a solid team. I would love to go work for their company. Uh, it seems like they're, they're creating a reality that people want to be a part of. And I think that's super important. So, uh, I hope you guys enjoy this conversation without further ado. Uh, here's my conversation with Jared and David from quick connect electrical services in marble falls, Texas. Enjoy. How's it going, man? 
Awesome. How are you guys? Doing well. He's going to go uh, to the bedroom real quick. <laughs> yeah. Got to go take a dump. I get it. <laughs> What's going on, man? How's the Saturday going? Oh, it is going well. A little damp yeah. here. Yeah. You're up in Ohio, right? Uh, Maryland. Maryland. Yeah. Maryland. Not Dude. too far from Ohio. Yeah. Midwest. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. 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 You're just outside Austin, right? Yeah, that's where we're at right now. Yep. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, a little small town called Marble Falls. All right, that's cool. How about how far from Austin? About forty-five minutes. All right. Yeah. I uh, I think we're coming down your way this year because I think the NECA conventions in your area. Yeah. Um. So our plan, we're we're formulating a plan right now to um to come down and and hang out and and run into a bunch of people. So be fun. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, when is it? I'll have to check their website and see. I think um, it just hit. I think it's like a fall thing. Um, it just came through, I want to say in like October or something. Yeah, gotcha. Like, like right before the holidays. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I have uh, the EMS conference every year is mm -hmm. the week of Thanksgiving. Okay. It's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> Whoever yeah. decided to do that on an annual basis it's the Monday through Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Really? Yes. <laughs> it is terrible. That is terrible. That's brutal. What do you, what does the EMS uh, conference do? What do you do there? Uh, for continued education, for yeah, renewal yeah. of uh, certifications, and and right. uh, yeah, there's there's all kinds of all levels of uh, EMS providers there. All right, that's cool, man. So yeah. so uh, you are Jared, correct? I'm Jared, and this is David. This What's is up, David? Hey, hey. Uh, this is my director <laughs> of business uh, development. All right, right on. Cool, man. Is it has it been the two of you since uh, the company started? No, I was by myself. I was a one man show for a few years. All right. Uh, then um, I hired David, and uh, it was me and him for a little bit, and mm. it started to grow and grow, and uh, had to expand, and and uh, so David was my first foreman. And All right. Yeah, and then he was uh, promoted to director of business development. He's more administrative now than anything. That's how it goes, right? Yeah, you get good at something and then you can't do it anymore. Yep. That's how it always goes. <laughs> You've got to direct people on how to do it, right? Yeah, so yeah. We, we promoted uh, one of our other guys up to David's old position of foreman. Cool, all right. How long have you guys been in business? Uh, I've been in business since 2014. Okay, cool. Is, has it always been Quick Connects? Yep. Quick cool. Connect. All right. Wow. So you're coming up, you're getting close to your 10 year mark. Uh, yeah. Eight, eight yeah. years. Here. That's exciting, man. Wow. Mm -hmm. Have you always been in that area too? Uh, so in <clears throat> business, yes. Um, okay. I'm from Northwest Louisiana. All right. All right. Uh, but yeah, I've you got your LSU it. hat on there. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, cool. So, <laughs> go Tigers. But, uh, <laughs> I, I lived up in the Northeast for a little while. Um, yeah. Okay. And for probably about two, a little over two years or so, I lived on Long Island. Okay. And I've worked in upstate New York and, and all that too. Um, yeah. And then I moved from there to Dallas and back to Louisiana. So I've, I've been around. Been around. Okay. <laughs> how, how long have you been uh, in the trade? Uh, this will be from 1998. So I've 24 yeah. years. That's wild. Yeah. That's awesome. I started when I was 15. Did you really? Yeah. Was your dad a, an electrician or something? No, I'm the only electrician in my family. Uh, right. my dad, yeah, my dad's an auto mechanic. All and right. 
I hate working on cars. Yeah. My dad's a body <laughs> man and I don't like working on cars either. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah. I still to this day, it's so simple, but I'll pay to have my wool changed. <laughs> For sure, man. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. What's your, what's your yeah. time worth to you? You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I tried hardwood floors with my grandfather. All right. Uh, you know, so in Louisiana, there's all those plantation homes, those old, old plantation homes. <laughs> yeah. He would do just a masterful job of, um, repairing and you know, replacing the uh, old hardwood floors in those plantation wow. homes. Man. Yeah. And, but my grandfather was a terrible man to work for. Okay. Why so? <laughs> what was it about him? <laughs> it was just, you, nothing pleased him. Got it. Nothing, yeah. Nothing, perfectionist. Yes. Extreme yeah. perfectionist. And uh, yeah. Narcissist. <laughs> yeah. All right. Got it. Yeah. So uh, I couldn't handle that. Yeah. Uh, 15 at 15, I got invited on a project and, uh, the only electric, it was a, it was a, a volunteer project for a church All right. and there's only one electrician on site and <clears throat> they put me working with him to help him. Okay. And, uh, man, he, even though we were so far behind, he, he took the time to teach me, you know, huh. right from the start, yeah. you know, just nailing up things, you know, strapping conduit, that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah man i was hooked from my first box yeah yeah it's yeah. it's easy to get that way i feel the same way it's like as soon as i there's so much to learn in in any trade but there's just something i think when you click with the trade you just click with it and i felt that way about electrical too it's like man i really there's so much to learn but i think there's so much to learn in every trade but with electrical the stuff I'm, the stuff you're learning is to me is fascinating i was i was hooked right away too yep. yeah. and uh what what gets me is how many the difference between guys that just do electrical work and guys that are actual electricians. Okay. You know, um, at, sure. at 16, <laughs> um, I finished high school at 16 and went to a two-year trade school. All right. Um, and, you know, getting a foundation and actually understanding basic electricity, electrical theory yeah. um, versus guys that just jump in and start slinging wire or bending conduit. Sure. And they don't actually know electrical right. principles, electrical right. theory. Uh, the math and science behind things. Right. Yep. So they can do electrical work, but, are but they, they don't necessarily understand electrical work. Yeah. Or yeah. electrical electrical theory, circuit theory for that matter. Big yeah. time. And yeah. that comes in when you're troubleshooting. I feel like the guys who can just sling it up like that, once you get into a troubleshooting scenario, it's a different story, right? Yeah. You see that a lot when people just throw parts at things. Yeah. Well, right. what's, what's the problem? Oh, I think it's this. Let's replace that. And see what yeah. happens, right? And see what happens. <laughs> And right. maybe, maybe they get lucky, you know, <laughs> you do sometimes you do sometimes I worked for a company for a while that did, um, he, he, he basically like carved a niche out for himself, um, as a generator installer, maintenance repair person for like <laughs> this, there's an area around here that's, there's so much money. And, um, this dude has embedded himself in that, in that community. Um, and generators are a great example because I mean, it's like a cross between auto mechanic and an electrician and you can you've got to go troubleshoot generators all the time. And you, you know, it, it is tempting to throw parts at a generator. Cause you're like, well, shit, <laughs> the voltage regulator, you know, it could be this, let me, you know, but you've got to know what you're doing. And that's, you know, they send you to training and everything, but so, yeah, I think the same thing applies, you know? Well, we, we had, uh, in, in our small little city where I'm on the fire department, uh, they got some surplus generators from California that no longer met the emission standards for California. But right. by the time they shipped these things over here, they had been robbed for parts. Oh and, no. 
yeah, you were basically having to rebuild, completely yeah. rebuild the generators. Yeah. You know, so yeah, that was definitely going to be a throw parts at it. And let's no see doubt. What do you guys do things like that? What do you, what do you focus on with your company? What's your main mission? Uh, so we do a lot of residential new construction, residential remodeling, <clears throat> um, service work, light commercial remodeling, um, no, no new commercial. Um, I, I try to stay as uh, consistent as I can. You know, uh, I heard a businessman uh, say, do six things a thousand times. Don't yeah. do a thousand things, six, six times. times yep. Yeah. So right. um, there's a there's a lot of growth both uh, here in this market and in the market we're expanding to in Western Fort Worth. Oh, are you making a move or just grow, well, adding a space? Yeah, we're, we just okay. opened up a second shop up there. Uh, there. Yeah, there's so much migration to Texas right now. Yeah, that, right. Uh, we're taking advantage of that. Okay, all right, cool. Yeah. So what happens? So from because our company is really small too, and we're. Um, we're two years in. And so we have a lot of hesitation about a lot of things because we're, you know, um, haven't made those major mistakes yet. Um, and we we want to stay small, but I, you know, I was am curious to know, like from the perspective of a team that has grown already and then making that move to expand, what are some of the things that you're doing that are new to you that are really kind of maybe taking you by surprise or maybe parts of it that maybe you didn't see coming? Oh, yeah. Having a good paperwork system. <laughs> yeah. yeah, David, David had to revamp the system that I had set up uh, because we it, it was it wasn't designed really to scale. Okay. And grow. Uh, yes. so, so David came in and said, well, we're getting swamped with all this office work. Um, the, <clears throat> the quality of work that you do is going to attract higher quality clients. Right. Agreed. Yeah. So what what we found ourselves in was the higher end custom home builders in the yeah. area. Uh, we only have one guy that we work for. That's more of like a, a quantity over quality. Got it. But he pays for us. We're uh, on the higher end of his, uh, his subcontractors because gotcha. he's, he noticed very early in his building, the difference between a good quality contractor and somebody that's just going to be the cheapest bidder. Right. So, um, we look for quality in guys, you know, we, we, we don't care who walks through the door. We're going to tell them, look, you're going to get a, you're going to get a 90 day probationary period. Okay. We're going to, we're going to evaluate you. And if you're truly worth the money that you walk in that door and say you're worth, well, we have no problem paying that, but you know, it'll be apparent within 90 days, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. we, we want to see whether or not somebody's going to get on board with our system. Yeah. Um, before I gave David his first promotion, I told him he had to go read that book we were talking about, Extreme Ownership. Yeah, it's a great <laughs> book. Yeah. yeah, we want we want somebody that's going to come in and fit in in our company, work well with our clients, yeah. and um, we don't want somebody that's going to point the finger, play right. the blame game. Um, so finding good quality electricians that are willing to to learn and accept that, um, but I dangle carrots out in front of them too. Yeah. They've been career apprentices. Yeah. And I don't want you to be a career apprentice. Correct. Right. I want I want you to take that next step. Go get your journeyman license. And I'll right. sit down with the code book with you. Right. I'll we'll go over it. We'll do practice tests. Um, you know, I'll pay for you to go to classes. That's great. Um, I'll provide all the materials for you because I want you to progress. Yeah. It helps, it helps us. It helps yeah. them in their career. Oh, yeah. It's the way. 
yeah, it helps yeah. our clients. Yeah. And so whenever you put that, that push behind them, yeah. you know, they grow with you. I agree. Yeah, totally. I, and, and they see that you have a, have a vested interest and you actually care. It's like uh, the difference between just being a, a boss or being a, a role model um, and, a, and an actual leader or somebody that people would want to follow. It's funny, you know, when you reached out and wanted to chat about leadership in general, I love the idea. Um, I haven't had a conversation on here that was directly about it. Um, you know, we, we dance around it all the time, just, just talking about, you know, telling stories and what we do. Um, but I, I think it can't be understated, man. Leadership is such an important element in, in, uh, running a business, especially a trade company. Um, and all of us, I think every one of us have been through, uh, our own scenarios where we've been under certain leadership, where we would follow them anywhere Yep. and vice versa, where mm-hmm. we're like, okay, this is a real shit show and I got to get out of here. Um, so it's, it's important to take those steps and, uh, um, I'm glad you wanted to talk about that sort of stuff. Yeah, because what, what I encountered, I'm having done this for over 20 years, electricians are type A personalities. Yeah. You know, I mean, we, we see that in just the, the shit that we post on Instagram, right. you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, <that's> true, <laughs> but the, uh, the thing that it actually takes to be a good leader, yeah. in my opinion, is humility. Yeah, for sure. And I had two guys I've, I've told every one of my company, I have two guys that I try to model my company after. All right. And one was very early in my career. His name was mm-hmm. Greg Seely, Seely Electric up in, in New York uh, on Long Island. All right. Even though I was fresh out of trade school, I had just moved across the country. I was 18 years old. Yeah. He would sit down with me and it was a larger company, but he would sit down at the break room table and we would draw things out and he would explain things to me. Um, because he put me on a service van. I wasn't just on a, a construction crew, he put me on a service van as a helper. Okay. And so I, got, I got exposed to a lot of things and some things that just still didn't quite make sense because, you know, I'd learned things in the classroom, but yeah. hadn't seen them in the field yet. And he would, was patient and, you know, a good, a, a good listener. Yeah. Um, because man, sometimes those conversations would turn from work to personal things. And, sure. you know, as an 18 year old kid, you're, you, you don't really know what to expect. That's um, right. I lived up there when September 11th happened. Wow. So it was, uh, it was, it was a good experience to be exposed to a man that was such a good boss. Yeah. I had a string of terrible bosses after that. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't until, um, later when I moved back to Louisiana, I went to work for another man named Ron Garrison, uh, Garrison electric in Shreveport, Louisiana. And uh, again, a very, a very large shop. And I think we probably had like 50 vans. Oh, wow. Yeah, we were doing boatloads of work, but yeah. he was patient. He taught me a really, really good system, a solid system that I still follow in my work. Okay. And, you know, the, the benefits that those guys offered when other shops, you know, were just like, hey, you know, I'll pay you a little bit more per hour, but you know, no benefits, I no see. paid time off, no right. vacations, no, right. no health coverage, nothing like that. Yeah. Um, and the way that those guys had their businesses set up, um, I, that's what I try to model. And I look at the, the way that they treated me and those are the guys that I want to emulate right. and kind of carry on a legacy of, <laughs> of the things that they taught me. 
Yeah. That's what I try to instill in, in David. Um, and, you know, Ryan, the, the guy that we just promoted to foreman, yeah. trying to, trying to get those same, same goals and mindset yeah. in them so that they can carry it on to wherever right. their careers take them. That's right. Know? Yeah. Well, that's, that's awesome, man. I, I love that you're leading with that approach. Um, cause it does take a little bit more time. Um, and a lot more patience, I think, but I, and I, and you'd have to let me know, but I, I feel like you'll maybe have less turnover with that approach. Um, yeah. cause maybe you're vetting a little bit more, your um, probation period allows you to see a little bit more into the future. Um, yeah. do you feel like, is there a certain pace that you need to keep as a company in order to stay in the pocket of like, is that my, my, fear is that like if as you grow faster as demand picks up and you need to keep up with that demand there you know that vetting process can get um thin or or allow some dummies through the turnstile um have you experienced anything like that as far as a skill level we have a we have a little written test okay cool somebody walks in the door, if they have no experience whatsoever, if it's a high school kid, uh, the first part of the test is just basic math and basic science. And it's not just, you know, numerical math problems, it's word problems to judge their reading comprehension. All right. Um, And then the, there's an expanded portion that, man, that guy's going to have to grab the code book. Right. Okay, cool. Yeah. So we, we have right off the bat, a way to be able to tell how familiar they are with some of these things that we do on a regular basis. Um, and they're, I don't know what y'all have in Maryland In Texas, we have a step below a journeyman license called oh, okay. a wireman license. All right. And it takes half the time to get it. And uh, it's not as expensive as the journeyman license. Right. Um, and they're just that at basically at that level of question, yeah. okay. just like a, a wireman, but yeah it gives us a really good uh, look at what their potential is. Right. Also what their current state is. Yeah. You know, um, if we can sit down with them afterwards and, and talk about, you know, Hey, there was this word problem. Oh man, you know what? I just misread that. I, I looked at that question and thought <laughs> right. I said, it said, do not instead of do, you know, right. that kind sure. of, that kind of thing where we can clear some of that up. Yeah. But uh, the extreme ownership you know, they, they talk about those guys going in, evaluating the people and just seeing guys that don't buy into that system. Mm-hmm. We see pretty quickly in that, in that period too, if somebody's not going to buy into that system, if, if there's a mistake on a job, yeah. you know, if an outlet was missed or, or, you know, a switch doesn't work or something like that, yeah. well, who, who missed it? How did it get missed? How right. many guys missed it? Right. And seeing if they're going to take ownership. That's right. And that's the kind of person that we want because there there's really two types of people. When, when you break it down, there's a can't do and a won't do. Okay. A can't can't do, you can work with all day long. That's right. You you can coach them. You can teach them. Yeah. uh, You can, you can mold them. You can set an example. A won't do is somebody that's just simply, no, man, no, that's stupid. I ain't going to do that. I don't, that's more work. That's That's more work. I'm not doing that. Right. Um, I've done this other way my whole career. Right. Yeah, that's a won't do attitude, and that's that's what we want to weed out. You run into a lot of that. Are you kidding me? Do <laughs> just, you really? We, we just uh, we just let a guy go yesterday. <laughs> yeah, okay, God. that's crazy, isn't that wild? Yeah, yeah. But um, the 
the thing that also uh, I think makes a difference is going back to that humility. You've got some of these guys that you work for and, you know, like you mentioned earlier, we've all had them where mm -hmm. they just get red in the face, screaming, cussing you out because you made it, you made a mistake. Right. Um, whenever everybody makes mistakes. Yeah. And what, what I try to do when somebody does make a mistake is not just look at it as a teachable moment, but I actually will, will think back into my career of whenever I either made the same or a very similar mistake. <laughs> right, right. And whenever I share that experience and say, you know what, man, I know exactly how you made this mistake because I did the same thing or I was in this other situation and I did basically the same thing. It puts them at ease. It does. It, it gives you a, a chance to say what you learned from it. Right. Um, and then you can express confidence in them that, hey, man, I'm here where I'm at and I made those same mistakes. That's right. It doesn't make you a bad electrician. That's right. Let's just don't make those same mistakes again. That's right. And, yeah. and if they do make something that's similar, was there at least improvement, man? Right. Sure. If, and if we do a quality control walk and it's at least closer, yeah. You know, give them the kudos, man. Right. Yeah, you're working on it. I appreciate it. I That's see you're right. working on it. Um, so not having that just hard ass attitude. Right. Sometimes you have to, sometimes you got to give a guy a reality check, but that yeah. shouldn't be your norm. I agree. And I, yeah, I think that, um, I think also when, whenever I would see like the first company that I worked for, anytime I would see the master electrician that I worked for make a mistake, it, I loved it. It made everything okay for me because here I am as a new apprentice making mistake after mistake and just beating the crap out of myself. Cause that's how I, you know, it's like, you just want to get it right. And then you watch somebody who, you know, you hold in high regard, make a mistake and it's uh feels good. It's like, okay, cool. Okay. Okay. I'm all right. Mistakes yeah. happen, you know? Um, and I think that's a good thing to get into, like, especially when you're coaching young people um, to let them know, you know, not only like you're saying, not only have you made a mistake, but you've made that exact mistake. Um, and it's, it's okay to do it. In fact, here we are. What, why did we make that mistake? And let's talk about it. And let's figure out how we cannot make that mistake again. Right. Like you said. Yeah. And um, there, there's something else that we encounter a lot too in our area is we're, we're outside of Austin in you know, a pretty rural area. And a lot of the electricians around here, you know, our competition, they have this attitude of, well, this isn't getting inspected. And okay. so, you know, whenever, whenever we encounter a guy that maybe wants to come work for us, right. you know, they get that. Sorry about that. <laughs> we get this attitude of, man, I don't have to dig that trench that deep. Right. Um, you know, or I don't have to worry about that size wire or anything like that. I don't have to deal with voltage drop because man, I'm gonna throw that four out in the ground and it's gonna be fine. Even I don't care if it's 300 feet, right. you know, because that's the way that the other guys who pretty much are hacks yeah. have taught them. Right. Because they're cutting corners, they're trying to cut costs. Right. And we have no interest in doing that. You right. know, we want to we do it right. We're gonna teach somebody to do it right. right. And we're gonna have quality control whether that job gets inspected or not, we're going to have yeah. quality control inside our own company. That's right. Because we don't want things coming back on us. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Work to code, work to code, whether it's being inspected or not. That's, yeah. that's our philosophy too. I mean, I can't, I cannot force somebody's hand to pull a permit on a project, even if we encourage them to do so. You know, obviously there are some projects where you've got to incorporate, you know, a, a public utility or something where a permit's necessary. 
Uh, but you're always going to come across those instances where somebody's maybe doing a facelift on something and they'll say, well, do I have to pull a permit? And I will always say, we always encourage people to do it, but I can't make you. Um, but regardless of whether or not we pull a permit on the work, it's, we work to code. Yeah. Um, so if you needed to come back through retroactively permit it and get it inspected, you'd be, you'd be just fine. Yeah. The, uh, the, the guy that we just had to let go yesterday, that was one of the things that he was, was kind of harping on was that, oh, well, you know, I've, I've done this for 10 years. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're not doing it right. Right. And he didn't want to hear that. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah. You know, it's, it's the area that, that we were in out here. Yeah. That's the way he had learned it. Yeah. And bad habits. Yeah. Trying to correct something like that. Yeah. I would, I would almost prefer uh, to hire a kid straight out of high school. Yeah. Right. And be able to groom them and teach them from the beginning a right. correct way of doing something. Right. Exactly. It's, I think it seems, it sounds easier. I mean, we just put, we just picked up our first apprentice uh, last year toward the end of last year. And we, Josh and I went back and forth on like, what's the, do we hire a journeyman? Do we hire a master or do we hire an apprentice um, as our first hire? And um, so we went the apprentice route and so far so good. He's a good kid. And he, and he really has like a, a an eagerness to learn, even when things are slow. Um, if there's a day that ends a little early, um, he's asked to, I put the suggestion out to him and he's asked to come along on uh, on site visits as well. Um, so that I can just sit there. Cause it, for me, when I, I came into the trades late, I came in at like 35. And so I had a host of other skills that I kind of brought with me. And one of them is just recognizing that I need to work, I need to work quickly to make up ground because I came to the trades late. And so I asked the guy that I work for, for every opportunity possible. Like, what do you do on site visits? I'd love to come look. I'd love to know the estimating process. And for me, learning that helped me draw conclusions with, you know, when I was first learning theory too, it helped me kind of make sense of like preparing for a job, what materials are necessary? What's the nomenclature for materials? How do I get accustomed to that sort of thing? And I think that sharing that information with young people who want to learn helps kind of helps them see the project in its entirety. Like, oh, okay. I see what he's thinking. All right. So if yeah. we need all these materials, I see how it would go to get, okay. You know, and those, those sort of things kind of start to make sense, but it takes, I think it takes being the right size so that you have the flexibility to do that. Um, and also just a willingness to want to extend yourself and, and mentor because mentoring takes time and it takes like, an, an, it's like being a parent, like you have to want to do that sort of thing. Um, cause it is, it can be extra work, right? Yeah. So what we do, um, cause everybody has, you know, your little safety meetings. Yeah. Well, we, we don't just have safety meetings. We have, um, one meeting a week. With, right. the, with the company and we <clears throat> one week have safety the next week we have quality control <clears throat> you okay david yeah man <laughs> so the next week we'll have quality control where mm -hmm. where we'll go over pictures from you know rough ends trim outs service calls things that we've noted that maybe need to be uh given a little more attention <clears throat> yeah um things that look really good yeah you know, in that quality control meeting, we'll say, man, y'all knock this out of the park. Yeah. That's our example. That's right. Um, and we have sales meetings and we also have uh, a mentoring meeting. Oh, where, awesome. Yeah. Where we rotate that through too. It doesn't matter if it's somebody that's just coming to the company yeah. and learn something. We want somebody to come in and share something they've learned hmm. because it gives you a little bit of a glimpse in how well you're teaching that person, how well they're, they're picking something up. Huh. But 
it can also be something that they really appreciated. Man, you know what? I, I learned this and I didn't know that before. Yeah. Something, something that uh, for the rest of the guys, it can just be a reiteration, repetition for emphasis type of thing. Yeah. Um, or it can be one of the more skilled guys that is teaching somebody else, you know, something about conduit bending or radiuses or, you know, three phase motors, something like that. Sure. And so you can rotate that through. Um, we'll even have somebody give a presentation. Okay. Well, we'll assign that out to, you know, give a presentation uh, from some of the guys that are in a apprentice class they had a conduit bending class up there and we said, all right, well, next week, y'all are, y'all are going to share what y'all learned. That's awesome. You know? So, yeah. So you, it's something that, um, <clears throat> it's something that you have to look at as part of your business. Right. I agree. You, when you mentioned earlier about it, it's spreading thin. Yeah. You have to look at it as something that is part of your business, not taking away from your business. Right, right, right. If, if you have a networking meeting that you're going to to try to generate business or, you know, a sales call or something like that, you can't look at any of that as time away from your business. Right. That is all time spent on your, on business. your business. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. So the stronger you want your company to be, the more the more you look at all that as incorporated as a part of it and integral it. to the growth and success of your company, yeah, the better. Yeah, um, I mean your your guys are your your main investment in your company, um, and this is such a I mean every trade in particular, but is is a there's just a constant a constant line of new information to gather. There's new tech that's always coming out. Everybody's at different levels along their path of like their what they're qualified to do and all of that needs to continue to be coerced in the direction of growth, right? Everybody needs to continue to grow because uh, it's not a stagnant trade. We're not, you know, we're not in the business of staying the same. No, we we're not. I mean, yeah. Even though there's, I mean, there's those basic foundational principles, but I mean, there's the new products, there's, yeah. you know, everything, you're mo the modern electrician, everything is constantly getting more modern. Yeah. And right we had a, um, a set of prints that came in and the builder called us and he's like, man, these people want an ultra modern house. I'm okay. not sure they even want the round lights, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So we started just, you know, the, the square led, you know, type of razors and stuff that have come sure. out, um, looking at those types of things, the lighted mirrors, all those types of things yeah. that, um, you know, you're, you're getting these new products that you have to stay on top of. Yeah. Um, and actually some of the, the younger guys that are jumping on Amazon, Hey, I found this product here. This might work over at that service call. We, we went and looked at that's cool. You know, that type of stuff, uh, where, man, I, I'm not, I'm not going to jump on Amazon. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. go to the supply house and say, what you got, that's man. Right, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. internet is a game changer for this industry. It's so funny. It's like, I think sometimes about the old school guys who used to like traverse my area, any area without, uh, map quest in their pocket or google maps they just like knew it's like how the hell did they even find the client half the time it's like <laughs> yeah i remember the map books we had a we had a suffolk county nassau county queens you know right. kings county all and for all of long island we had a yeah. stack of map books in our van <laughs> up there in new york <laughs> yeah it's ridiculous but uh, ridiculous, yeah. yeah uh but the 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 thing that I uh, I do try to do is keep an open mind whenever it comes to some of these new guys that that have ideas. Yeah, right. You know, listen to them. Yeah, listen to them. Hey, yeah, let's give it a shot. Yeah, you know, 
it's it may have been the product that I never installed, but right. them having still more recently been in the field with some of these newer products, yeah. they're really familiar with it. Sure. And, and you want to try to encourage um, authenticity and and uh, initiative. <laughs> it's like um, that's that's a real tricky thing too. Is it's like you the thing one thing you can't teach is uh, somebody's interest in learning. Like that's you can teach anybody who's interested, anything, I think, like if a person's really interested, you could almost teach anybody anything, but the trick is teaching somebody to be interested in learning and it's nearly impossible to teach. So when you find those people who come to you and they say, Hey, I've got this idea. It's like, Oh, wow. Okay. You've been thinking about this outside of, of work. And that's pretty amazing. Yeah. And, uh, and it, people feed off of that too. I agree. Oh, you can, you can kind of see the Debbie downers and I'm not talking about maybe just somebody having a bad day, uh, you know, a pattern, a pattern of it. You can sure. see the guys that are Debbie Downers uh, yep. about things um, and other guys jump right on board. Yeah. Let's give it a shot too. You know, right. yeah. they, they support it and you can, you can feed into that positive energy sure. by your own example of right. allowing somebody to do that. That's right. Uh, the, there's another book or actually two other books that um, had a, a pretty big impact on, on how I respond to some of that kind of stuff. Okay. Uh, because sometimes it even, it costs me, you know, as the business owner, it costs me more money to do some of those things, but, um, leaders eat last and the infinite game by Simon Sinek, both of those, both of those books put you in a perspective of what you said earlier, your employees are your biggest investment. Right. And if you're not investing that, that resource that you have in your company or your own personal resource of your time. Yeah. If you're not investing that in them, they're not going to be bought in. They're I not agree. going to be going home and thinking about things. I agree. No, it's true, man. You have to inspire people. And it's, it's funny how <clears throat> like my, my first look at, at leadership was like high school sports. Um, Cause you know, there, there are your leaders. Like, I feel like um, my, my childhood was like, lost uh island of the lost children we were like there were no adult supervision growing up right it was like we were basically feral children and so i think i was always seeking uh leadership right i'm you know i think a lot of kids in those situations are looking for leadership i think that's and not to get and go off the rails but that explains like gangs and every because people oh, yeah. are looking for somebody to give them a purpose right and like what am i doing and so the first run-in i really had with leaders was in high school sports um, and I got to see how different everybody does it and how, you know, if the, one coach could really be off-putting, whereas one coach could really be inclusive and make you feel like, oh, wow, this, you know, it's interesting. And then I got in the military and I saw different uh, platoon commanders would come in every year and you just get to see all these different leadership styles. And it's like, uh, it's like anything you just watch and you're like, well, maybe I'd do that. Maybe I wouldn't do that, but you don't know until <laughs> you get there. And, it, right. and a lot of people don't realize leadership goes two ways. It's, it's it, on one end, it's the leader. It's the person in charge. And on the other end, it's the, it's the person who is being taught. Like you, it's up to you as the person who's being informed to make the most of that situation and to get the most out of somebody. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I think I'm on chapter 11 right now of about face. Okay. Uh, David Hackworth, and he never accepted in his units, he never accepted anything less than the best. Yeah. And you could, you can tell in the narrate, in the narration of the, the story that 
there are platoon leaders, squad leaders, other commanding officers, company officers, whatever, that had a little more lax attitude. Yeah. And just like you're talking about where you can say, oh, you know, maybe, maybe I wouldn't have taken things that far. Or maybe I would have right. taken this other approach. Um, you do in the, those examples, the military and the sports, you know, you can, you can find boatloads of biographies that will teach you leadership styles yeah. that you can adopt and you can make your own. Um, my first exposure was in the fire service. Um, I joined at 18 okay. up there in New York um, in the summer of 2001, just, okay. just previous to September 11th. Wow. And the academy that I went to in New York was basically all FDMY firefighters as instructors. Okay. And when I moved to Texas and I went to, because Texas has different standards for firefighting, I had to go to a different academy down here. And the difference in instructors from there to here with the level of experience that the guys had in the best fire department in the country versus, mm -hmm. you know, some of these more, you know, suburban departments it, yeah. there that was experience versus textbook and mm -hmm. you can tell the difference whenever sure. when you're discussing things as serious as either the military or the fire service ems anything like that you can tell when somebody knows what they're talking about that's right yeah. you know and the the guys that i again tried to emulate in the fire service were the guys that made the best impression it was a there was a lieutenant from rescue two and fdny and man, I, I can still remember conversations with that guy that I had, I mean, 21 years ago. Right. It, you know, it's, it's kind of ridiculous when right. you think about it, how clear some of those conversations can stick out in your mind. And I had far more conversations with other instructors and other firefighters that are just like, gone. you know, yeah. it was fluff. It was, right. it was a waste. Sure. Um, so you can, you can tell the, the people that do make the biggest impacts, the biggest positive impacts, um, and be that person. Right. You, you don't have to, you know, just be a, a clone of them or anything, but of course you can be inspired by them. You can be inspired by them. You can come up with a similar style. That's, that's your own. Right. But, you know, have a, have a role model, have a, somebody that you emulate at any level. I agree. And, and, and a multitude of them, I think. And it sounds like to me with as much reading as you do, um, Josh and I try to do the same. We're always, uh, sharing books and, um, you know, because it, because ideas are, are empowering and, uh, information is important, man. And, and if you get turned on to a new idea, it can change everything. Um, it's all about inspiring people. And it's like, not everybody has that. Not everybody has that skill set. And I think you can teach leadership, like you teach leadership skills. Um, but not everybody has that, that quality where yeah. you're going to really, really be able to like inspire and motivate people. It's, right. I think it's a rare quality. Well, it, uh, another part of it to me is identifying what people do well. David, yeah. David's a very good salesman. Okay. No, he's, he's no, no, no offense, but he's probably a better salesman than he is better an electrician, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but you know, he's, I saw that and he's good at it. So, yeah. all right, well, let's, let's get him in a position where we make the most of that. Yes. Right. And, yeah. Um, you know, not everybody's going to be a good salesman. Right. Um, some, sometimes um, whenever I'm trying to tell somebody really that you, you really need to make this repair, you need this other thing, um, especially being in the fire service, I actually come off more scary. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure. 
Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I'll get a middle of the night text from a client. I can't sleep. Do you know we need? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> overdid it. Yeah, yeah I overdid it. Yeah. It's uh, identifying what people do well right. and encouraging that. You know, mm-hmm. and you can you can clean up the edges and stuff like that. But yeah. um, you're right, man. What I, I think we should do more of as a trade is you know reach out to younger people yeah. that um, may not be able to go to college right. that um, may not have the opportunity to go into a good job because they just don't know about it. Right. You know, if we do more communication with, with high schools, yeah. um, guidance counselors, identify the, the kids that, you know, do have those good, strong math and science skills. Yeah. Um, even if they're a little lacking again, just coach them, teach That's them. Right. Yeah. If you get it, but put those kids in a position where um, they are still able to get an education. Yeah, you know, right. they can go to an apprentice uh, apprentice uh, class or or school program, whatever set up in your area. Yep. But get to them early. Yeah. And the more competition you have there, like uh, we're trying to organize it now to where it's not just us going to high schools. It's other good quality contractors that are going to high schools that give these kids an opportunity to say, look, you know, there's actually some competition out there. Mm-hmm. And these guys, these guys want me. Yeah. You know? yeah. Uh, they want me to go to work for them. And, right. and these guys have built successful businesses, right. you know, and that's, that's a, a path forward for them. Right. Um, but getting to them early and, and showing them that there are people like that out there that are good people to work for. I think so. Yeah. I think that, um, I wonder if it's a level of like, it's, it's a, and we've talked about it before on the podcast, but I think it's a combination of the, the constant push for college, obviously in society, there's this just massive push that, you know, if you don't have a degree, you're not going to, you're going to die in a gutter somewhere. Um, and your mother's going to cry her, her eyes out if you don't get that college, whatever the case may be. But it's like, um, there's something about the trades that I think is, um, I don't know. I don't know if it's some sort of social stigma or something, but, um, I, I absolutely love the trades for a number of reasons. And they're all reasons that I feel like if uh, that had gotten a, across to me in high school, they were reasons that would have related to me more like, um, like not sitting still. Uh, like, you know what I mean? Like, that's one of those things where you're like, oh, I'm going to go to college and I'm going to be a lawyer. And it's like, well, do you like to sit still? Because if you don't, you could get there and be like, oh shit, I got to sit in front of a computer forever. I'm not like that. Like I'd rather be in a rat hole than sitting in front of a computer all day. And yeah. uh, some people are like that. So, you know, those little things, autonomy, you know, once you have the skills, you're on, you're on your own. You, you can do what you want to do, create a life, you know, be creative about it. Um, yeah. The, the hands-on nature of electrical work, uh, along with that little bit of risk. Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's the same thing that that drew me to, to firefighting. firefighting all right. Sure. That little bit of risk, you it's know, fun, right? I mean, yeah, sure. There's <laughs> having, a, having some inherent danger in your life is good for you. I think Yeah, there's no there's no inherent danger in sitting at a computer. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, diabetes and uh, <laughs> over time, I guess. But yeah, I think, you know, those those little qualities too. And also um, trades people. Like, um, I would rather any day of the week sit in a break room like the one you're in right now and chat with you guys. And I would feel a hundred times more comfortable than I ever would in a break room of like a office where everybody's got ties on. And is I just, 
yeah. am uncomfortable in those. And that's, and that's okay. But those, you know, I think getting that point across to, I think that's kind of what I try to do with the, with all of this too, is just show how much fun I have doing it. It's like, I, I like doing this. It's a, I get up in the morning and I'm like skipping along. Um, I enjoy okay. it. Yeah. yeah. Your, uh, your little videos, your little stories you put up when you're driving to and from the jobs and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah man, you're freaking hilarious. <laughs> well, I spent a long time as a stand-up comic. So, I mean, yeah. I got my teeth, but, um, yeah. <laughs> I'm, glad I'm glad I've been able to like find a way to, um, merge these two. Cause it, I think it could, uh, talk, like you're saying, just talking to young people about yep. the possibilities. Cause they think it's, you know, it's not for everybody. That's for damn sure. But neither is college. No, it's not. Um, technically my trade school was a campus of Louisiana tech. Cool. Um, so, you know, I still have a certificate yeah. from a college yeah. uh, mm. with the trade school program. Um, I think we should do more in high schools yeah. um, or, you know, have some sort, especially in rural areas, have some sort of program set up that um, is affordable, that can be contractor sponsored, you know, yeah. and have a curriculum that's followed, uh, an opportunity for people that otherwise wouldn't have it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, that's what we're trying to really get established out here in this area. That's cool, man. That's awesome. But uh, one of the one of the things that I do think you can see um, is when you get to the point, you know, you say so y'all have just one helper right now, just right now. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. When you, when you've got some sort of program that's kind of feeding you and yeah. you're feeding it mm-hmm. for em- employees, mm-hmm. um, you can get to a point where you're beyond a, like there's a, there's a certain point where it's a breaking point where, mm-hmm. all right, so you're going to get maybe a couple more guys and you've got things scheduled. Yeah. And then if one guy calls in, it wrecks everything. Right. So if, if one helper, you know, is late and it throws all the scheduling off, yeah. you get a little bit bigger, mm-hmm. just, you know, maybe two to three more guys, mm-hmm. you can roll with that a lot easier. Okay. Your, your, your life actually becomes easier. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> that, yeah. that initial growth, yeah. you know, it's like you're, it's like that kid hitting that growth spurt. Yeah growing pains. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it can be kind of brutal. I see that. And I, I worked for, um, the first company that I worked for as an electrician, he was really small. And I watched, I watched him in, in that intermittent phase of like bringing a couple people on, dropping a couple people off and just the, the challenge of it. Um, yeah, yeah. I think there's gotta be a level where it, it evens out to some degree. Yeah. Um, because I, it, I, yeah, it's still as somebody, you know, a service tech man, yeah. If some, if you've got your schedule and somebody else calls in sick and then you've got to, you've got to bust your balls to get your stuff done and catch at least one or two of, of something else that, that yeah. somebody else had scheduled. Yeah. Yeah. That, it, it's killer on everybody. It's killer on everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever you've got a little more manpower there, it, it more actually flexibility. smooths some of that stuff out. Yeah. And, totally. uh, there's a, there's a scripture, many hands make the load light. That's right. You know? So there's, uh, there's definitely, definitely truth in that. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Dave, David, tell me about your background. How long have you been in the trade? I'm um, coming up on 12 years. Right on. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, yeah, I was only with one other company before I came on with Jared. Okay. That's all I knew was their way. Yeah. And he waved a carrot in front of me and took the bait. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. And so now you're doing... Now you're doing most a lot of administrative stuff. 
a lot of admin stuff, yes, sir. And yeah. uh, but it's been pretty good. I, I like being organized, staying organized, drawing out the schedule, um, yeah. keeping guys in line still, and doing site visits. And I mean, I, I still put the tool belts on too and go out there, no doubt, <clears throat> do what I can to help. Yeah, so that's good though. I think that, um, I, I like the idea of knowing how to do. Um, obviously I do cause I own, own a company, but I mean, I think that even when I worked for people, I wanted to know more. I wanted to like be involved more. And like, I think that's why it made sense that we started a company. Cause I just, no matter who I worked for, it was like that. Well, like, well, how, what, what's, what system are we using for this? So, you know, what, what <laughs> have you got, you know, I'm always, I'm always curious about that kind of stuff. I think, I think that the more you can, I, I don't know, no matter what I do, I can't not just keep going. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Uh, in, um, uh... In extreme ownership, there's the the principle too of of leading from multiple positions. You know, right. leading from the front, leading from the middle, leading from the rear. Right. That's that's really the position that that David's in best right now. He does still get his tools on um, quite frequently out there with the guys on the jobs. You know, right. slinging rock bars and shovels. You know, still out there with uh, blisters and stuff on his hands and. Yeah. At the same time, you know, he has responsibilities at the office, yep. you know, he's got networking meetings and things that he has to go to, you know, <clears throat> he, he's all over the place. He, yep. he really right now is epitomizing that leadership up and down the chain That's awesome. Um, because whenever he goes to the, the job sites and, or when Ryan is the foreman, whenever he does the same thing, they, they're both in a position of accountability, right. but they're also in a position of being able to hold others accountable and see whether or not they're stepping up right you know but but he's out there right right next to him yeah. you know stapling wire and, and making up boxes and pulling in services sure. you know it's not something that you're just a a guy sitting at a desk cracking a whip right so sure. um i i try not to get out in the field very much anymore is that right yeah <laughs> <laughs> i still i still do i catch service calls and stuff like that but uh yeah, yeah. so but having somebody in that position too, being sure. able to being able to to instill those values in them and yeah. then pass it on, I think. I mean, that's that's the entire future of our our trade. I agree. I agree, man. And it is. I think it's a good way to to run a business. Have you uh, Have you read the E Myth? Um, I have seen that book. I've, it has popped up many many times on it's the good. recommended list. It's yeah. a good one. A friend of mine who's an entrepreneur shared it with me, and I, I think I've even mentioned it on the podcast. It's a it's a book about exactly what you're talking about, where a lot of technicians will start a business because they think to themselves like, well, I can do this better than the person who I'm doing this with. Um, so let me start this business. And when you do that, anytime you start a business, you you technically take yourself from the technician standpoint. And now you're an entrepreneur and now, now you're a business person. And so there has to be a level of letting go of your identity that's wrapped up in your business to give, to pass the baton to qualified people in positions to help the business grow. Otherwise you're never going to, it's always going to be you. 100%. Awesome. Yeah. 100%. And, um, I had a very tough conversation with my bookkeeper and CPA. Okay. Had to, they had to convince me of that. They okay. Got to, it. They convinced me that I was no longer an electrician. Yeah. I'm yeah. probably a businessman. Right. You know, they, they had to really drill that in. Cause I didn't, I didn't want to, I didn't, sure. I didn't want to. So I'm, I'm still out there. I'm still doing the work, you know? Yeah. And I, I think that's the common, I think that's the most common, especially when you love what you do. Like it's hard to 
like when you when you think about how you like to the, the systems you've put in place to do, say, even an electrical service upgrade, where it's like, you know, this is what I think is quality. This is what it looks like when I do quality. I want the customer to have the best possible install. So why wouldn't I be the one to do it? Because it's quality. But that's you've got to have you've got to be able to have a training system in place so that people can understand your team can understand what your quality looks like and what's expected. And then you got to be able to back away and, and uh, trust that they're going to implement it to your standards, which is hard. And, and you, you have to, I guess, I don't have any kids, but uh, I think it's probably like a parent letting a child take a first step yeah, or not, drive, not, not right there. Yeah. yeah or drive Yeah, uh, where you're not the one in control. You, you've got to give them the, the opportunity. And if That's it's right. not up to your standards, again, go back to, yeah, you know what? <clears throat> I've, I've made similar mistakes before, but That's right. you know, it, it's, it's good, but we can do better. That's right. You know? Yeah. And I'm a firm believer in um, experience, man. I think you got to get like when you're training somebody like with our apprentice, Daniel, um, you know, we try to sh we show them what to do, show them how we expect them to do it. What, you know, talk about theory as we do it he, on a simple task, say installing a, uh, he was doing some vapor type fixtures in a barn with us last week. It's like, here's what we expect and then set them loose. But, but monitors progress and, uh, and he does great. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a pretty hands-off guy. Um, like with my older daughter, when I was teaching her to drive a car, I think it's important for you to know, to know how to drive a manual. Um, just kind of, I like analog and I like digital, but I think knowing both is good. And so I was like, well, if you're going to drive, uh, you should drive a stick. And so instead of sitting there and showing her how to do it, I showed her, I'm like, here's the concept, right? Here are your, here are your pedals. Here's your, here's your gear shift. And, and here's what you do. I showed her and then I just got out of the car and I left her in the driveway and I was like, rock and roll kid. And it's, we've got this parking lot behind the house. She went over a curb. Like, I'm like, <laughs> but like, but like, you know, you know, she's, she, she's going to get it right. It's like, you know, you're going to get the hang of, you're not going to get the hang of it by watching me do it. You're going to get the hang of it by failing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's when, when I started driving fire engines and stuff, you yeah. know, ambulances with the, with critical patients in the back of them, you yeah. know, that's uh, yeah, that takes to all all that Grand Theft Auto training that I got right. on plantation. That's, <laughs> right. that's, right. that's yeah. when that stuff comes in handy. Wow. <laughs> Are you do you still work with the fire department in your area? Uh, not not very frequently since okay. I'm in the transition of moving up towards the the Fort Worth area, All right. um, and I'm not on a new department up there. Okay. But uh, you know that's again that's something that um, that probationary period. Whenever I'm even with 20 years of experience uh, as a firefighter EMT, when I go join a new department, I'm still going to have to go through a probationary period. Right, exactly. It does not matter you know how good I am, mm -hmm. what my rank is, anything like that. When I go up there on a new department, I'm going to have to start off on a pro I'm going to go back to being a probie. Yeah. Right. Uh, so it's it, having the humility to be able to do that, you know? Well, I, yeah. I, I like to talk about humility. I think that's a big one. I think that um, nothing, nothing will make you more humble than getting your ass kicked and nothing will, <laughs> nothing, nothing will kick your ass more than starting a business, you know? So like humility is just part of, of leadership too. And I think that, um, and I, I might be wrong about this and I think there may be, you know, there's differing opinions about everything, but I think that showing, Showing your love a level of vulnerability, um, I think ingratiates people to you, helps them trust you. Like if you can show somebody that, like, yeah, I, I fucked that up. Um, mm -hmm. Now, now, how are we going to fix it? You know, it's not it, and and to look for solutions as opposed to lingering problems and and things like that. Um, 
I, I think that bodes well. I think that people learn to trust you and, and look to you for, for guidance. If you can be a humble, instead of just walking in and be like, what are you, what are you losers up to today? Look at yeah. Everybody's do every sucks except me. <laughs> no, nobody wants to work for that guy. No. Right. Um, there's a there's a quote. My my fiance is a high school teacher. Okay. And um, she uses a quote on all of her emails that down by her signature. It says, "If you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it'll live its life thinking it's stupid." Wow. You know? So again, being able to look at the guys, yeah. there are people that are gonna do things better than you did. That's right. You know, Hopefully, if you're lucky. Yeah. yeah. If even though I, I have a master electrician's license, I'm yeah. the business owner, I you know, I have a president title. Yeah. But no, there are people that work for me that are better at things than I am. And you're lucky for it. Yeah. Recognizing that, yeah. recognizing that, <laughs> having the ability to to give them props, you know, yeah. reward them for their abilities and their 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 knowledge, the their skills that they have that maybe I never reached that level. Yeah, that uh, that benefit your company tremendously and benefit you tremendously. It's it's yeah. I agree with you, man. I you want to be you want to be surrounded by people that are better than you. Um I had an old high school basketball coach that would say don't play bas don't play with somebody who can beat. You're wasting your time. Play with people who demolish you. Yep. You know, because you'll just <laughs> keep getting better. And you want to surround you. You know, you know, you want your team to be better than you. I want my team to be. That's the that's the point. It's like you're this director now who can be like, oh man, if I'm picking a team, I want to pick people who are way better than me for my team. I Okay. I want to be able to sit back and be like, look at that. That's my team. They're awesome. <laughs> I don't want to be like, ah, these losers. I'm the bad. I better get out there. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's a, uh, but it takes humility to get out of your way. Oh, there's a, uh, there's also um, at our EMS conference, we had a class that uh, I signed up for. It was called, it doesn't suck to work here. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, employee recognition. Yeah. You know, when somebody does something well, or achieves a milestone, you know, goes in and gets a higher license, you know, celebrate the shit out of that. Yeah, that's right. You know, yeah. do, do things above and beyond for your employees that's right. that help with retention, yeah. that, that make people want to come work for you. Right. And it's, it's a little more time. It's a little more effort, yeah. sometimes a little more money, right. but you know, it's not just about me. It's about, it's about them they yeah. have families to feed, you know, yeah. they have careers that they're shaping and building. Yeah. Um, you know, don't, I think one of the biggest mistakes is whenever people get very wrapped up in themselves Yeah. Right. and you see it in those, those guys that struggle to, to keep employees, you see it in guys that are in their sixties, almost seventies, and they're still a one man show. Right. You know, um, I don't want to be that guy, Right. you know, I don't, I don't, I don't either. I don't want to be, I don't think anybody really wants to. Yeah. I don't want to be that old guy. I see old guys. I was at a uh, supply house like a year and a half ago and these old guys came in two of them in a truck and they were old as shit, man. They were like, look, I got mad respect. If you're an old guy and you can still roll, that's awesome, man. I kudos. I'll hold the door for it. Like I'm proud, like, but I don't want to be, I don't want to wake up at five in the morning when I'm 75 years old and go to the supply house. Are you kidding me? I'm doing it. No way. Like <laughs> my, no grandfather, way. my grandfather was in eighties. He was in his eighties and still doing hardwood floors by himself. Yeah. No, no, man, no. Uh, no, thanks. No, yeah. thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not that's hard. It's hard work too, man. It was all it is hard work. You know, all, that's the thing of the trades. I mean, it's all hard work. So you got to like, 
you know, like you're saying, you got to make people feel appreciated. I think it's all about the culture. It's like, I think, um, so I'm, I'm from a blue collar family and, uh, I'm raised by blue collar people, um, across the board. And I never wanted to do it. I never wanted to go into the blue collar world because I watched all these dudes just be alcoholics and just be like downtrodden. My dad told me when I was a kid, if he ever saw me pick up a hammer, he would hit me with it. That was his take <laughs> on me working in the trades. He was like, this lifestyle sucks. Now, since then, my dad has started his own company and he really, you know, it, it, it shines through that he loves what he does and he's super talented. But you see that a lot in the trades where it's like this, this culture of, I don't know, d- depression and frustration and like, this sucks. Like I just fell into this and this is how I make my life. I've had numerous people tell me when I was looking to get in the electrical trade, don't do it. You know, Ooh. don't get in the trades. And um, I think we're up against that as far as like recruiting what, young people. What was their reasoning? Um, well, one guy who is a local guy that I know in town uh, that's been an electrician for a long time. He was in the, pro- when I was a, about to start, he was in the process of getting out of the trade. He was going to go back to college. And he was like, yeah, it's, it's, it's an ass kicker. I think he was just down on it. And then I saw him after I had uh, been in the trades for like three years and he was back on his horse and he was feeling it again. But, um, you know, it's, it's hard work, you know? And, and I think that, I think that unless you are coming at it and in what you guys are doing, I want to say kudos because you're, you're working to facilitate a culture where people don't feel that way. And I think that that's, that's what leadership is about. It's about not, it's not about you. It's about your, it's about the team. It's about bigger than you. It's about what you're facilitating, what you're trying to help facilitate. And what you're trying to help facilitate is lifestyles for people that are not shitty and uh, it's a worthwhile endeavor. Yeah. They're sustainable that, that are are good careers and, and, uh, and something that people can take anywhere. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, like I've been all over the country doing electrical work. Yeah. I've never had to worry about if, well, am I going to be able to do this wherever I go? No. no. Um, even whenever I, when I started my company, I didn't tie it to a place or my name. Okay. You know, yeah, exactly. I, I intentionally went with something that was not tied to this little town or this right. area right. Um, or, or myself in case I, I get to the point where, which I mean, I have an exit plan because yeah. uh, hopefully in several years, I'll be able to sell this business. Yeah, right. So build it up cash in on it yeah you know that's the idea go do something else i love that's right but uh having that exit plan of man it's it's not my name on that company um i think that also helps with with some of the other guys in taking ownership of their company i agree it's it's not bull your electric that's right you know so that way you know david here he can he can be a part of it and see it as his own as well that's right i agree Um, with you you know, I'm not knocking if any, anybody out there sure. listening has, has yeah, sure, has right? companies, but that was strategic on my part whenever I started my business yeah. and having that forward looking, looking, uh, uh, plan. Right. Yeah. Josh and I wanted to do that too, with Lumen brothers. We didn't want it to be one name specific or anything, just because it's a bigger picture. Um, and, and could relate to whoever, <laughs> whoever wants to be a part of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a certain pride. I mean, like, um, I mean, Kyle Figueroa, who yeah. you, you probably follow him on. I love Instagram. Kyle. Yeah, he's great. Uh, yeah. I mean, that guy, he has such pride in his work. I mean, that's oh, his yeah. slogan. Is that that's pride? His that's right. You know? um, and there is a lot to be said for that. Um, yeah. You know, I just had a different idea. Correct. I had a different plan. Right. Uh, I 
I think he's got girls, but I don't have any, I don't have any children that I yeah. might pass this down oh, to. He's got girls, man. He's got like yeah. 17 of them. Yeah. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's got enough for a softball team. That's right. <laughs> but uh, you know, if you, if that's your plan, sure. you know, my entire dad's side of the family is all auto mechanics yeah. and, you know, Bollier automotive, our family name, a Bollier automotive that, that was for generations over there. Yeah. Uh, and it, that's just not, that's not what I had envisioned whenever I started mine. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but at least have a plan. Somebody, yeah, yeah. somebody needs to have a plan. How, how did you guys, how did you find, cause everybody's got different mentality and, and perspectives as far as leadership's concerned. How do you find yourself in the position you're in now where you, all of the things we've discussed, your, your take on leadership, your take on humility, how do you come to that point? Like who were your, it's a, it's a, it's a hard question to really ask because it's, it's open-ended, but. Um, I think I know what you're saying, like how I actually found myself in the position I'm in right yeah, now. Yeah, and, and why do those values stand out to you? Um, when I hit a point where I actually was, was successful in my business, I had, I had built the name and the reputation and more people wanted to, to hire my company. Um, I had no choice. I had to, to grow and expand. Yeah. And as, as that scaled out, um, you have to have somebody that's accountable. You have to have somebody that's in a position of responsibility for things that you're not directly controlling. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not out there on that job site. Um, you're not out there on that service call. You're sending someone else out there as a representative. So putting in checks and balances, it just kind of came natural. I, mm-hmm. I felt like it would be um, more chaos and, you know, failure if there wasn't that system there. Yeah. Um, but I also surrounded myself, uh, like you mentioned earlier about the type of people you have around. Yeah. Um, some of the builders, uh, that we work with are, are good leaders. One of the builders, uh, is a retired firefighter paramedic, cool. you know, great skills in that type of area. Um, another one, uh, he and I are really close friends. And which is odd because a builder and a sub that usually is a contentious relationship, Andy, yeah. <laughs> but, but I mean, he and I talk, uh, daily, you yeah. know, just shooting the shit or yeah. you know, something, uh, we'll make book recommendations to each other. That's great. And, um, you, you get yourself around people. Yeah. Um, even if you're just in the trades, I do pull a lot from my fire service. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had really good fire chiefs. I've had some that were not so good. Um, one of my previous fire chiefs on a different department got arrested for arson. So, you know, that's not a very what? good example. Yeah. Really? <laughs> every, every firefighter is a pyromaniac. Okay. Yeah, so, right, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, you, you have those, those things that you can reflect on the guys that I mentioned earlier, um, Greg Seeley and Ron Garrison. Yeah. Fantastic bosses. Mm-hmm. Absolutely fantastic bosses. And um, I had a, a, one of my guys come to me and um, he came to my house, sat down at the table and said, man, none of this stuff is your problem, but I'm in this, I'm in this situation now and I, I can't support the things that I need to right now financially. Right. And he said, I know I'm not, you know, up for it yet, but can we discuss maybe a raise? Mm-hmm. And I had been in a very similar situation with Mr. Ron Mm-hmm. where uh, my father had been in a terrible car accident, broken his back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were going to have to start taking care of things. And, and 
uh, I had to go to my boss, yeah, Ron, and walk into his office, sit down, and you know, he he turned away from his computer, turned away, faced me, you know, cleared things away from his desk so that you know it was just me and him, right. and he listened, yeah, and you know he empathized, and he gave me the raise that I needed at that time. Yeah. And so why would I not be willing to do right. that for somebody else? Why would I, yeah, I feel it'd be hypocritical of me Oh, sure, uh, yeah. to, to not extend the same right. type of, of professional, you know, compensation that somebody needs. Yeah. And he's a good, and he's a good worker, um, can be a little flaky, <laughs> but, but he's a good guy. And, you know, and the way he came to me, he had the, he had the comfort level to approach me just like I did with Mr. Ron mm-hmm. and the respect for me yeah. to come and say, you know, look, none of this is your problem. Yeah. The, the fact that he didn't come to me and like, man, you're not paying me enough money right, and I'm right. worth more than this and yada, yada, the, the humility that he displayed, yeah. you know, and coming to me, how can you not respect that? How well, can you, not, yeah. You know, how can you not honor that, especially whenever you have something so similar in your in my own experience that I can look back on and how much I appreciated and how loyal I was to that boss. Right. Until literally I, I moved to a different state. Right. You know, that's the yeah. only reason I didn't continue working for that guy. Yeah. Um, but the the examples that that I had to pull from the group of people that I had around me that influenced me in my dealings and my my business structure and everything, I think we're positives. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's even outside of the company, you know, who's, who's your insurance agent, right? You know, who's your bookkeeper? Who's your CPA? Right. Um, who, who's a good plumber that you work with a lot. That's right. You know, look at all these people and recognize their professionals as well. Yeah. Look at the success of their companies and man, follow it. Yeah. You know, do, do the things well that other people are doing well. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. It's, there's, there's so much you can learn about from the people you surround yourself with. I agree. And I think it's really important to take stock in the people you surround yourself with and to choose wisely. Um, Cause I think it makes all the difference. I think honestly, the difference between like, I, you, you know, you like everybody else had just as many, if not probably a lot more negative examples of, how not to do it, but you gravitated toward the ones that you found to be productive. And and so that's, there's editing in your own life that needs to take place as well. And if you find yourself hanging out with people that bring you down or, or don't help you move forward or, or are not holding you accountable, um, yep. as you get older, you're wasting your time. Yeah. Yep. And uh, you can, you can recognize people that are, like I said, they're, they're professionals in their area. Yeah. And one of the biggest impacts on my business was whenever I started developing a really close relationship with my banker. Okay. The guy that literally, you know, he can move money for me. He can give me advice. He can, you know, say, Hey, this is how things are looking. Um, yeah. Having a close personal relationship with a banker. And I'm not talking about just somebody that is a teller that works at a computer, you know, at the drive-through, the guy that's actually handling your accounts, you know, he's, he's the vice president of a bank. And, you know, I've got that guy on speed dial. That's right. We play golf together. Yeah. And so from outside of a trade, you know, more of your suit and tie type of uh, scenario. That's right. uh, That guy is (laughs) 
he's a he's an absolute professional. Yeah. And you know, he's he's good at what he does. You know, I he he wouldn't do electrical work, but I'm not gonna be doing banking. So, you know, having that asset, yeah, those close relationships with the people that are not only got to be examples, but they have a direct influence on your business. Oh, big time. All those big people time, around yeah. you too. So the higher quality people you have working on and around your business, yep, the I agree. better you're going to be. And it's worth your money. I, you know, it's worth your time and your money, I think, to... As, as far as uh, CPAs, bookkeepers, uh, bankers, things like that, we we have close relationships with ours too. And they've been vetted, you know, and we've we've moved yeah. from one place to another at various times, even in a short time that we've been around because one begets the other where you make a connection with, with say, our accountant that we picked up year one and uh, our accountant led us to um, a banker that is, you know, going to have some other opportunities for us, some insurance policies for us, things like this. So yeah, one leads to the next. Yeah. Uh, yeah man. David, I've, I've had him uh, get into a business network where he now is becoming familiar and he doesn't play golf very much, but I told him he's got to, we do, <laughs> we, we do quite a bit of business on the golf course. Do you really? Yeah. yeah and uh, even over, it was uh, Christmas Eve when y'all went by the, the bookkeepers oh, house, yeah. they went to her house, <laughs> the guys on the way to a job, they stopped at her house, gave her a Christmas present That's awesome. and sang Christmas carols to her and her husband. <laughs> and I had no idea they were doing it. That's you know, really cool. she sent me a, uh, she sent me a message. You guys are so awesome. They're so sweet. I love you guys so much. And it was, that was their idea. That's you know, it wasn't, it wasn't even mine. <laughs> You're doing something right, man. Cause that's, because I mean, look at, look at that. Look at the mentality you have to have to, to be playful in your day to day, like to, to make, to make, to take the initiative to do something like that and not be the owner. Um, something that's kind and playful. Yeah. You guys, you guys are facilitating that environment. Yeah. And I think that's awesome. Cause I think you learn, you learn a lot in that environment where you're, you know, you're upbeat and, and not always afraid that you're going to, oh, I better not make this mistake or these guys are going to, you know, I'm micromanaged to death. It's like, yeah. yeah. Well, David, uh, David also, I mean, he keeps the, the shop fridge stocked, you know, it's, it's little things like, you know, just energy drinks or whatever, yeah. something that the guys are going to have to make a stop and purchase on their, their own. Yeah. We've got, we've got Eggo waffles and yeah. cereal and you know stuff like that at the shop yeah. where the guys can come in grab something to eat not have to go to a store and spend their own money and david yeah. david takes care of all of that that's awesome you know, and you're just look, one, you're just looking out for your crew and they feel the taken care of yeah one of the guys was like hey i like the white monsters <laughs> <laughs> we get some of those <laughs> they're very specific oh fair enough yeah that's hilarious <laughs> yeah it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's not much money out of our pocket, but sure. it, it makes all the difference. Money. It mm -hmm. saves them money, you know, and, right. you know, sometimes, so, uh, Hey guys, y'all are, are going a little too crazy on the monsters. There's one a day here, one a day. Yeah. <laughs> right. you no, know, but uh, yeah, just little things like that, that he takes care of that, yeah. uh, you know, it does add a, it does add a personal, personal touch to things. It does. <clears throat> I agree. So so what's, what, tell me before, before we go today, tell me a little bit about your move to Fort Worth. Like what's, what's oh, going to happen my, up there? Yeah. My, uh, fiance, we, uh, are you familiar with the obstacle course races? You know, tough I saw, I saw on your Instagram page that you guys do obstacle course races. Yeah. So, um, my friend here, uh, in Marble Falls, he's actually the 
manager at the supply house here in town that we use. Uh, so he and I are really close. And so we started running these obstacle course races. And um, a couple of years ago, we uh, sat down at a table after a race and this other group of, of folks sit down and uh, this pretty blue eyed girl sits down across from me. And so now we're engaged. She's a high school teacher up there in that area. All, All her right. family's up there. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I'm relocating up there for that reason, but That's it's, cool. a, it's a great market. And yeah. Um, yeah, I've already been able to, to establish a business network uh, of contacts up there. And awesome. yeah, I mean, it didn't, it didn't hardly take any time. A, a reputation will follow you, you know, and you know, the, the people saw the things that we were doing down here, cool. they call people that they know, you know, get some words. And yeah, before I knew it, the work, work was pouring in. So what's so, it, what's the, um, do you have a shop up there already? Yeah, it's just right. West of Fort Worth in a, in a, a city called Weatherford, Texas. All right. Yeah. So well, that Western Fort Worth market, uh, but again, it's very similar to out here where you have people that are trying to get out of big cities um, people that are moving in from California, New York, Chicago, uh, to get away from those areas and come to Texas, yeah. you know, so, yeah, you know, uh, don't want to get too political, but you know, yeah, it's, yeah. yeah, we, we see a massive influx. It's I mean, right here, here in Marble Falls, they're, they're building between those th three to four developments, probably like 10,000 homes, it seems. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, that's an exaggeration, but it's legitimately probably in the 5,000 home range yeah. that, that they're, they're building right here. And this is a small area. Yeah. I mean, this city here is only like 5,000 people right now. Okay. And it's, it, I mean, it's exploding, absolutely yeah. exploding our proximity to Austin, the rural life attraction. Yeah. You know, uh, and it's very similar up there just outside of Fort Worth where it's, it, you can have land, you, there's no property owners or homeowners associations that you have to deal with. Yeah attractive to people that are selling their homes for buku money in these other areas and come to Texas where it's far more affordable. They get far more bang for their buck. That's true. Yep. It's true. Yeah. So are, do you, do you plan on, um, do you plan on kind of bouncing back and forth between the two locations? Is that something David's going to do? Yeah. So David, uh, David is eligible to take his master's test here pretty soon. Yeah. And so, yep, as soon as he has his, um, I mean, I'll have to be back and forth because under Texas law, it has to be under the supervision of a master. Of course. Um, so until he gets his, um, and then we have another, we have another uh, kiddo that came to work for us that, that I hope get his journeyman license at 22 years old. Woo, that's awesome. Uh, he'll be eligible to take his master's test at 24 years old. 24. Wow. In the same code cycle with the same code book. Oh, we, that he did his journeyman's? Yep, well, we got a journeyman with. Awesome. Yeah, so really cool. You know, I mean, I'm, I push, I push the guys, push them, push them, try to try to level yeah. up. Yeah. And you know, I I can't tell you how I'm, I'm counting the days so that that kid can go take his master's test. That's, that's excellent, man. Yeah. I love that. We yeah. do the same. I mean, we we I've worked with so many guys as I'm sure you all have to that you meet them and they've been doing it 20 years and they don't have a license at all and you're just like, what? Why would you do that? Like. Oh, I just didn't need it. I just didn't need it. I worked for the same company. I just didn't need it. It's like, how do you not need it? What do you mean yeah. you don't need it? Like, or let it go. Yeah. As that let it go. I have uh, a, yeah, right. I have, I have another friend of mine and he went to work for supply houses. Mm -hmm. He let his license go. He was like, uh, you know, I don't actually do that work anymore. Okay. Well, I mean, you worked hard to get that license. Yeah. And that's something that you could, I mean, it's a few hours of continued education. 
and it's a few dollars a year to keep that license. Why, why? I don't understand why anybody would let it go. I don't know, man. And I don't, you know, for those, for those people out there listening that don't have their license, like I've seen guys, like I said, 20 years in have to make a lateral move and have to start all over because they yeah. don't have, they don't have credentials that verify what they're capable of to the people, you know, and if, and I think that says a lot, I think it says to the person you're coming to work for, like you might have 20 years of experience and you might be really good at it but you didn't even like, did you just not even try to do it? Like, what does that say? So it's an interesting, it's interesting. Yeah. To, to at least take a shot. Uh, Bless you. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in Texas, you have to have a journeyman license for a minimum of two years before okay. you're able to take a master. Gotcha, gotcha. So you can have all the hours you want. Yeah. You never went and took your journeyman test. Yeah. If you hit a point like I did whenever I decided to open my business, yeah. if I had never gone to get my journeyman, when I made that choice, it would have been a minimum of two years. Two more years, right. Until I could actually take that next step. And yeah. so the guys that are just comfortable because um, they, they, whatever company pays them well, right. and um, they're, they don't really see a need for it, sure. that's all they'll ever be able to do. I know. Yeah. yeah. And it's, that's it. And if they're not working under, I, I, so when I took my journeyman's exam, I remember, uh, there was a guy who finished about the same time as me and and I went to use the bathroom and we were chatting in the hallway and he, he struck me as one of those guys who, I mean, he, he was, uh, he said he'd been in, in the trade for over 20 years. He said he was, and his whole story is exactly what you hear every time. He was like, oh, I was working for this big commercial company. I was like the second in command. I was making like 80 grand. I just didn't think I needed it. You know, why would I need it if I'm here? And then all of that fell apart. And now here he is moving laterally, laterally and working for a company 20 years in trying to get his journeyman's and he, and he shit the bed on the test. He He's like, I, would, I wasn't even ready. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah. And look, it's not my life, but like, what the, what do you, why? <laughs> no, like, yeah. Uh, you didn't so, even get, why come down to take the test if you didn't? What? Anyway. I, I try to pay for the licensing. Yeah. Even if some, even if somebody has less experience. Yeah. If you got a higher license, you're going to make more. Yeah. And I'll, I, I have a cap of what, what we're going to pay apprentices. Okay. I mean, there, there was a, another guy telling us that there's a dude, I mean, I don't know what the pay rate up there is, uh, but there's a, there's a guy across town that's starting off at like $34 an hour. Without a license. Ridiculous. Yeah. Within a price license. That is ridiculous. Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. I don't know how much validity, but I mean, that's yeah. stuff that's floating around that people are willing to pay that much for somebody within a apprentice license. That's wild. So where, is, where is the push? Where is the push to take the next step? Sure, sure. Because guys are, that guy, that other contractor is actually hamstringing that person. Right. I agree. Yeah. Not, not providing that incentive to make the next move. Right. Yep. I agree. Yeah. yeah. And I would rather, I would rather be able to have someone come through, um, work for me, get a license, get another license, progress, yeah. and then someday be my competition. And at least know I've got quality competition out That's there. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. And at least know that the person who's out there, even though they're your competition, they're doing the work that you taught them how to do. So that's in a sense, that's even though it's a different name on the ticket, 
that's your work that's out there. That's your, your, your design and your style is passed along. I mean, what else can you ask for? You know? Yeah. So that's, that's something that I would, I would rather see that 10 times out of 10. Same, same, man. I'd much rather. And not only that, but like, you want the guys who come to work for you to be successful. And so what, what is more, what is a better example of success than somebody getting their master's and then being like, look, I want to try to do this myself, man, how can I help you? What, yeah. what can I, what, let me, here's some resources. Let, let me know if you need a, you know, I, I don't get the, the alternative. Yeah. Mindset, uh, but you see, you see that a lot too, where guys get really pissed when somebody works for them and then gets their license and goes and starts their own company. Some guys are really threatened by that. Yeah. Um, I've had, let's see here, guys that I've, I've coaxed in mm-hmm. and, and talked them into coming to do electrical work that walked into the, the front door, not knowing a thing, um one you know a waiter one was a waiter uh one was doing ac work so you know kind of somewhat similar in a trade but he didn't like it so um another one was working overseas um and was tired of traveling so all right we'll come on back man where you're going to be calling in attics but it's good work you know um uh, david's former boss um i helped him study and pass his master's test um and the, the guy that was doing AC work now owns his own electrical company. Yeah. You know? So it's uh it's a progression. You can, you can definitely, it's something to celebrate. It is, man. I mean, think of, think of the people that you've influenced, like think of the, like just, just the same way that you mentioned those two names that really stuck out to you as good leaders who really, who you try to base your life after and your, your, you're the model of your business after that's what these guys are doing with you. I mean, you know, you want them to look back on you the same way. Like, man, this guy gave me every opportunity. He was always there for me. You know, it pays off. Uh, David, is that true? Yeah. Oh, I mean, I, yeah, I just uh, I'd rather see the guys succeed. I, I, yeah. I don't I don't feel like it's anything about me. I'd rather yeah. I'd rather see these guys have good, happy lives. And yeah. And then in the trade itself, like, you know, there's a there's a real love and respect for the trade that we all have. That's like, man, the, you know, a lot of the reason that we put our heart and soul into what we do is our own passion. But also the trade. I mean, we love you know, the history of the trade and, and um, what what electricians represent in general. And so like by teaching people to do it the right way and setting them loose, you're, you're benefiting the trade in the long run. Yeah. yeah. Well, David, David has his own leadership style. Yeah, you know? I'm sure. I actually think, I think David's a little bit harder than I am. I think, <laughs> I think he, I think he cracks, cracks down a little, a little bit more. Yeah. It's what you need. Yeah, you, yeah. Need, you need somebody in, in uh, that position to be a little bit more like that. I think. Yeah. 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 Just, uh, you know, again, it's, it's not it's not our rule, but I think Dave, I think David cracks the whip a little bit more than I do. Yeah. <laughs> Always the quiet I, ones. I Always the quiet ones you got to worry about. Uh, uh, maybe I'm getting soft in my old age. <laughs> <laughs> not a bad thing, man. That's not a bad thing at all. Yeah. Well, I I, uh, I appreciate you guys' time, man. I'm I'm Absolutely. really happy that you reached out and uh, and wanted to talk about about leadership and everything because I learned a lot just by sitting and chatting with you today. I mean, I really like. Uh, I just like the way that you guys approach what you're doing, um, that you're leading with positivity, you know, cause that's, uh, I don't know. I think that's the way to go. Right. I mean, you want people to want to do the work. You want people to want to be a part of your team mm-hmm. and they have to see that you are happy. They have to see that you like your life, right? If you go to work for somebody who hates their life, it, 
doesn't take people too long to be like, I need to get the fuck out of here, man. This guy, <laughs> I don't want to be like this. So you yeah. setting that example is great, man. Well, and you've definitely added some, some humor to our, our days. I'll keep it coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we all get a kick out of it. That's wonderful. Hey. Well, I'm, I'm happy that we've made the connection too. And, uh, I like, you know, this online community is pretty amazing. There's a lot to be said about like the negative sides of social media, but as far as, um, the electricians that I've come across on Instagram, I've met so many awesome human beings that have taught me a ton. And this podcast has been an opportunity for me to just like talk to people and learn, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. The, the, yeah, the, the Instagram community to me is uh, I, I use Facebook for business. Yep. I use Instagram uh, basically solely for the electrical community. Yeah. So uh, it's awesome to be able to touch base with other guys, yeah, totally. you know, get ideas. Yes. Uh, share ideas. That kind I of agree. I'll, I yeah. can't tell you how many times a week I reach out to somebody like, what is that? What do you, what is that that you're using? What, I've never seen that before. Like, what is it? You know, what light is it? Who, where'd you get those lights from? Like what I, it's amazing. Like yeah. what, uh, no other time in history have would have we in the trades been able to look across the world on a daily basis and be like, Oh shit, what are they doing there? That's crazy. Like <laughs> well, I haven't I've never seen, you know, you can just learn, learn, learn. It's incredible. So that was my conversation with Jared and David from Quick Connect Electrical Services over there in Marble Falls, Texas, uh, soon to be expanding to Fort Worth, Texas. So go check them out. You can find them online at www.marblefallselectric.com. That's the website. Uh, you can find them on Instagram. Uh, just search Quick Connect Electrical Services on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, find them on social media. Go uh, show those guys some love. Follow them. Uh, follow their progress as they uh, expand their, their business and, and grow. Um, that's it. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. Um, I'm learning so much from these conversations and hopefully you're getting something too. Hopefully you guys are learning as, as, uh, as I'm learning, uh, as I grow, these conversations are just an awesome opportunity to, uh, connect with people and, uh, and learn, you know, how they do what they do and, and why. Uh, so that's it. Got some great conversations coming up that I think you guys are really going to like. Keep listening until then. We'll see ya. The worst job I've ever had was a marine construction job. I was on a barge, and we would be at this marathon plant every morning. Uh, well, we worked five days a week, but it, it's normally a seven-day-a-week job when you have the like full-on projects. But So we'd be at this dock at 5 o'clock. It's snowing and freezing, you know, and we go on this barge and it's froze over. And I've seen people climb up a hundred feet plus without a harness on. I've been in some pretty tight spots to where shit can just snap and you, you know, I mean, you, you could die pretty easy. And, uh, you know, like we'd be in lightning storms on this thing made of metal. And I'm like, this is not the fucking thing for me, dude. This shit is dangerous. So I, I got out of there.